How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. <coughs> Jesus, I thought I got rid of the Rona. Apparently not. I am coughing up a storm today. Anyway, as not always, but as of late, we are sitting here. We're watching the Contender Series. We're going to break down some fights. We're going to interrupt breaking down those fights if something crazy happens. Um, it'll happen a lot. Trust me. Right now, we got Hackett versus Leonardo. Flyweight bout. Women's flyweight bout. They're throwing some heat. That's pretty early to be throwing as much heat as they are. They are coming out swinging, these two girls. I gotta tell you, the one thing I don't like about the Contender Series, and it's not like, it's not like, I don't mean I hate this. I mean, when I say I don't like, I mean, it makes me kind of like disappointed when someone loses. They give you like a whole backstory on each fighter. So like the one with the sadder backstory, if they lose, you're like, Really, really disappointed and sad. Or if they, not, not, neither in these two situations, these two girls aren't, you know, they don't have like a, my dad always told me I could be a champion. And when I got the call for the contender series, the next day, I got a call that he died in a horrific car accident. And now I'm fighting for him. Those are the worst. Like, I don't want to know about that shit. Don't fucking... Tell me that after the fight. Tell me that after you win. And if you lose, I don't want to hear about it. It sounds horrible. But it's sad. I don't mean it. I don't mean that... I, guys, I don't mean it. And before we get into breaking down these fights, I just gotta say something. I gotta say this. I have to. There's no... I don't have another option. How badass is Paul Felder? He took a fight on five days' notice. Made weight. No problem. Made weight. Made 155 pounds. 155, 156, I think they call it. I think it was 155 and a half or something like that. And now I turn on the Contender Series about five, ten minutes ago when they're doing the uh, intros for the night, telling you who's going to be on the card, all that good stuff. Guess who I see in the booth? Your boy Paul Felder. All fucked up. He's not fucked up. He's fine. But he's working already. The dude doesn't stop. He's an absolute animal. Earlier in the in the year, he was over on Fight Island, commentating the fights as he always as he does very often these days. Love it. Love him commentating fights. By the way, I think he does a very good job. His teammate needs a corner man. So what's he do? Jumps in, helps him, corners the fight. He wins the fight, goes back to the desk. How incredible is that? How can you not love Paul Felder? That being said, we got some fights to go over from the weekend. Uh, a fun card. I am not going to lie to y'all. I came home from work, turned on the fights, and I immediately fell asleep. I was very exhausted. Uh, I did rewatch the fights though, so that is good. Start. Just, I'm just gonna. I always like I, as as per usual. I just break down the main cards here. Um, Corey McKenna, Kay Hansen. Uh, McKenna beat it. Beat it. <laughs> uh, defeated Kay Hansen via decision. I personally did not agree with that decision. I had seen that fight before. I fell asleep though. To be fair, I didn't watch. I didn't rewatch that fight. Um, I thought Kay Hansen won. I didn't see. I thought I thought McKenna might have won the second round, maybe the third round, but I didn't see how it, how the judges scored that fight. And we're gonna talk about the judging li later. Obviously, I'm sure you guys already know what I'm gonna talk about. Which fight uh, made me think of this? But yeah, I didn't see I didn't see Corey McKenna winning that fight in any way, shape, or form in any world. A good fight. Don't get me wrong. A good fight. She put up a good fight. It wasn't Kay Hansen didn't beat the brakes off her. I, th I thought she had lost. Like I said, the second round. But didn't I didn't I didn't think won that fight at all. Not my not not up to me though. No big deal. Sean Strickland defeats Brandon Allen via second round TKO. If you didn't see that fight, go watch that fight. Oh my goodness, Sean Strickland is going to be a monster. I want to say this is his second, maybe third fight in the UFC. 
I could be wrong. I haven't heard the name a whole lot, but this is the second knockout in a row. Looks fantastic out there. Stand-up's great. Takedown defense was fantastic. His work up against the cage on the clinch looked good. Great fight. A, a guy that might be a bit of a problem. I want to say they fought at 170, so watch out, 170 years. Cosmot, he's on his way up. Watch out. I'm just kidding. You're fighting the number three guy. Who am I kidding? Anyway, Ashley Yoder defeated Miranda Granger via decision. Nothing exciting there. I think it was 30-27 Grain um, Yoder in that fight. Good for her. She's lost a she's lost a couple in a row. She's got finished in her last fight a few months back. So good for her to get back in that win column. Looked pretty good in that fight against a tough opponent, Miranda Granger. And how about the performance of the night, in my opinion, other than the main event? Chaos Williams. God damn. Who does what he did to Abdul Razak Al-Hassan? No one has ever finished him. Especially in the way that he did. First round knockout. Not a crazy punt. I want to say it was just a big right hand. It didn't. It didn't look like it was anything substantial. I mean, he didn't. He didn't really sit down on it. He's kind of fainted the jab out there and then just cracked that right hand. And when he went down, he didn't look like he was gonna go out. Like on the way down. Like you know how sometimes you see a guy on the way down and they're stiffened up. They're all messed up and they're like, and they're like you're like oh he's definitely out like you can tell before he hits the ground he didn't have that look to him on the way down and then when he hit the ground and you saw him you're like oh he's stiff oh shit this fight's over crazy that is i I think this is his second fight maybe third fight in the ufc and two fights in a row now he's finished in under a minute this guy is going to be a problem his name is chaos I don't know about y'all. I don't want to fight anyone named Chaos. It's not his real name, I know. But, not the point. If they call him Chaos, there's probably a reason they call him Chaos. And that's all he's done inside the UFC octagon these past two fights is create fucking Chaos. If you didn't see his first fight, go watch his first fight. Ka- literally Chaos. There is no other way to describe it other than his name. Insane fight. That brings us to the old main event. Paul Felder, Rafael Dos Anjos. I had Paul Felder winning this fight uh, not via decision like that fucking referee did. But I did pick him to win. And fun fact... I picked no fight correct on this card. So, as I always say, never listen to my picks. They are so bad. I either pick almost every single fight correct or I pick no fight right. (laughs) I don't know what is wrong with me. But that's how it goes. That's MMA, man. You never know who's going to win. It just takes one punch. One punch, that's it. One punch. It's like that fucking stupid lock commercial. One call, that's all. One punch, that's all. I mean, you could say it's like that in boxing as well, but not really. You don't see as hardly as many just one punch hitter, one quick hitters, um, as you do in the UFC. Not at all. But Paul Felder dos Anjos was a fantastic fight. Rafael dos Anjos, I I don't know what it is, but when he moved up to 170, he fought Robbie Lawler, looked absolutely incredible, and you're like, oh man, this guy's gonna be a champ again at 170. Looked fantastic. And then, you know, lost, I think, almost every other fight after that. Oh, well, it is what it is. 170 is a tough division. Goes back down to 155. I'm like, ah, well, maybe he was cutting too much weight. There might have been a reason he moved to 170 in the first place. I don't know what it was, man, but he went out there and absolutely looked fantastic in every single aspect of his game. Stand stand up with Paul Felder. Looked fantastic. Clinch work. Fantastic. Held him against the cage for a lot of the fight. Takedowns. How often do you see RDA taking guys down? I mean, you see it, but you don't see him, like, shooting for it that often. Usually he gets those takedowns up against the cage, and he, he shot in on double legs like a wrestler a few times. Looked sensational. 
That being said, I had Paul Felder winning the second round. That was it. And that was just because uh, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I don't, you know, I don't like it. When, oh man, this girl is in mount. Leonardo is in mount. Minute left in the, in the oh jeez, Hammerfist still mounted. Hackett is not doing well. She's trying to hit bumper, but it's not working. Her This girl, Leonardo, is pretty big. This is a 125-pound fight, and this girl looks massive. You don't see a lot of that in the in the like in women's weight classes. You see a lot, you know, girls look like they would weigh that much. You only really see that in men's weight classes where you're like, this guy's 145 pounds? Okay. I bet he is. No, these girls usually look their weight, but this girl looks like a 145er right now. I don't know if just Hackett's smaller. Their age difference is quite a bit. Uh, Leonardo's 30 and Hackett's 22. They're going to stop this fight. That's it. Wow. What a performance. It's a pretty good fight up until that point. Wow. Wow. She's going to get a contract for sure. 7-2 and two overall record. You don't see that a lot from women. Usually a lot of the women that get signed immediately to the UFC. That doctor just slapped her boob. What the fuck? <laughs> I think he meant to, to like tap her on the stomach, but she he smacked her boob. <laughs> what the fuck? I got to rewind that. I gotta make sure I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Let me see this. Did he really? Let's. Oh my god, he did. Holy fuck, he smacked it, bro. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyway, I gave the second round to Paul Felder, like I said. I'm a nice guy. I like it when. I like I I just like to give people rounds, you know. I'm not a referee. It don't matter if I was being honest with my I, plus plus I picked him to win on verdict. So I picked him to win on verdict. I was scoring rounds. I was like, "Fuck it, let's give it to Paul Felder." I thought he he did well that second round. He landed some good shots. He landed the heavier shots in that second round. Anyway, that's not what I'm trying to say. Whatever judge scored it, 48-47. In favor of Paul Felder. Should be blacklisted from the entire MMA community for the rest of their life. How on earth. Did you think that guy won that fight. And that's tough to say about Paul Felder. Because everyone loves that guy. Like I said all the things I said about him. At the beginning of this episode. He's just a fantastic. He's a great dude. How do you score that fight that way? It's embar- it's embarrassing. And the fact that no one is ever held accountable for these terrible decisions is embarrassing. Chael Sutton posted a video today about it. Uh, if you guys haven't seen his videos, definitely check those out. Obviously, I don't know the guys. I'm not this is not a biased opinion. But he posted one about this. Go check that out. He has a, a very, very good take on it. Uh, but absolutely ridiculous that anyone would see that fight that way. You could ask my mother. I'd be like, who won that fight? She'd be like, RDA won the fight. She wouldn't say RDA. She'd be like, the Brazilian guy. The one with dark skin. She, You know, they're old. But I, I just don't understand how there is nothing we can do about MMA judging. Nothing at all. You know how many former fighters or even guys that you know don't fight anymore, not guy not even UFC guys. You know how many local guys at my gym that have been training are fans of the sport, training for years, even friends of mine that haven't really trained but have been fans of the sport for years could score those fights better and not be biased. I'm not saying these judges are biased. But score them non-biasedly and accurately. I can name 10 guys off the top of my head right now that could do that. I could do it. 
friends I have friends at work that could do it. I got people at the gym that could do it. Coaches. And they would do it for I guarantee you a lot less than these judges are being paid. I don't know how much they're being paid. I don't know I don't think the UFC pays them. I'm sure the commission pays them. But they could do it and do a much better job and give you reasons why they scored the fight. Give you give you a list of reasons like why did you think why do you, why did you think Felder won one round one? Oh, for this this and this. They could do that. If you asked if you asked one of those judges why do you well why did you why did you think Paul Felder won to the guy that scored the scored the fight for Paul Felder? He wouldn't he probably wouldn't give you any any sort of good reason at all. Any sort of any sort of answer. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry to get serious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got upset and a lot a lot of people a lot of us just don't understand. Uh, just send send me Dana. Send me. I'll score some fights for free. Pay for my pay for my flight, pay for the hotel. I'll do it. I'll sit cage side and score fights. So many people would. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, do you see people, like, referees in the NFL? Just not knowing what they're talking about? Like, could you imagine that, that pass DeAndre Hopkins caught this weekend? Got called back for, like, a pass interference. Because the referees don't know the sport and they don't know that there's going to be some hand fighting down there, and they call the pass interference on Hopkins for for pushing off the chest of a defender hardly something that no one would call. That's what we're getting right now in MMA, not just in UFC but in Bellator. I don't know what it's like over in Singapore with One FC, but that's that's what we're getting, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. UFC 255 is this weekend. I don't know about you guys. I'm excited. I'm excited. Every time it's fight week for a pay-per-view, your boy gets excited. I'm sure you guys do too. Saturday morning is like Christmas morning for me every month. One Saturday a month, I'm happy. That sounds depressing. I'm happy more than one Saturday a month. That's not the point. point is... That Saturday morning, I wake up excited. Excited. UFC 255. Davidson Figueredo. Alex Perez. Valentina Shevchenko. I forgot the girl she's fighting's name. Who is she fighting? Jennifer Maya. Valentina Shevchenko. Jennifer Maya. Sorry. I apologize, Jennifer. That's on me. It's the whiskey. Anyway, got got a few before we break down the main card. Just a few notable fights on that card: uh, Alan Joban, Jared Gooden. Joban has only had three fights the last three years. Gooden making his UFC debut, fought in Titan FC a few times. Uh, I think Joban's like one and two in his last three in his last three years. He's doing all. He's off doing the male modeling thing. I'm sure. Good for him. I hope. I hope it's not injuries keeping him out. I hope it's just you know a schedule or whatever. I hadn't been cut from the UFC. I thought he was fighting for Bellator. Apparently not. Don't know where I got that information from. I probably just saw him at a Bellator event <laughs> on TV, and I was like, "Oh, does does Joe Ban fight? Must Joe Ban must be fighting for Bellator now?" And if you asked me, I would. If you asked me, "Hey, where does Alan Joe Ban fight?" I'm like Bellator. That's how dumb I am. That's how dumb I am. Anyway, those two guys are fighting. I don't know anything about Jared Gooden. Should be an interesting fight. Another notable on the card, Antonina Shevchenko, the sister of Valentina Shevchenko. I'm sure Valentina will be cornering her too, as she she usually does. Even though she has a title fight, I'm not sure she's too worried about this title fight. We'll get into that later. Even though she's got a title fight, literally that same night, the main this co-main event, I'm sure she'll be in the corner for her, uh, for her sister. She will be facing Ariana Lipsky. Lipsky, the queen of violence on a two-fight win streak. Started out in the UFC 0-2. 
things weren't looking good for her. Came back with a decision win. Got a really, really nice knee bar in her last fight. She's more of a Muay Thai fighter, known for her knockout power. That's why she calls herself the violent, the queen of violence. But looked fantastic on the ground in her last fight. I can't remember who she fought, but I remember her looking great. And then uh, Antonina also holds a 2-2 two and two record in the UFC, just coming off a loss to Caitlin Chukagian. Um, absolutely got demolished by Chukagian. So this should be an interesting fight. Two girls that like to stand and trade. So definitely, definitely look out for this fight. That's on the end. These are all on the undercard, by the way. And I believe this fight I'm talking about right now is uh, the featured bout on the prelims. And that is Joaquin Buckley and Jordan Wright. If y'all know the name Joaquin Buckley, he is the holder of possibly the knockout of the year uh, in his last fight at Fight Island. That uh, I don't even know what you want to call it. You call it like a turning sidekick maybe. But he, he threw a teep and his opponent caught it. And then he didn't. And he just jumped through a back kick and knocked him out. Insane. Absolutely insane. I didn't know this about him, but he's 1-1 one one in the UFC. Um, he fought Kevin Holland previously. Oh, excuse me. And lost. Didn't know that, so that's something to put on the old on the old, ch- on the old, uh, on the old brain there. And uh, Jordan Wright, 1-0 in the UFC. Um, the man's got a 100% finish rate, 6 knockouts, 5 submissions. The guy's good everywhere. Should be a good fight. Don't know who's going to win there. I would assume Joaquin Buckley is the favorite in that fight, so maybe you want to make some money. Bet on Jordan Wright. It's never, never can't, can't hurt to bet on a guy who has never not finished a fight. So 11 fights, 11 finishes. If you want to bet. Like I said, my picks are terrible, but if you want to bet on a fight, maybe make it that one on this card. There's a, there's a free one for you. Like all of mine aren't free. Anyway, that is it for the notable fights. Let's get in to the juice of this card. This card, for a casual, not very exciting. And I don't, I don't mean someone that you know. Oh yeah, I watch, I watch the you know main cards, watch all the UFC main cards. You know, I'll watch the main events. No, I mean like casual, casual. Like when's Conor McGregor fighting next? That kind of casual, not exciting. But for anyone that knows the sport. The hardcore fans, even the ca- not the casual fans, but you know, the more the more casual fans, huh? like how I am with football. You know, I watch my Saints play. That's really about it till the playoffs. Um, ex- very exciting for those people. Um, first fight on the card, Brandon Moreno, number two flyweight in the world, was scheduled to fight the guy who's fighting Davidson Figueroa and Alex Perez. Obviously, Perez got pulled from this fight in steps. Brandon Royval, two guys named Brandon fighting each other. Battle of the Brandons, there can only be one. Moreno uh, was cut from the UFC back in 2018, made his comeback earlier last year. Uh, draw to Askar Askarov. Uh, Askarov? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Askarov. Askar Askarov. I did not spell that right on my notes here. I spelled it. I said Als or Alvarov. Apparently. I hit K instead of L. Oh, well, that's okay. But I made his comeback look great in that fight, and then he's coming off two wins, uh, both decision wins, one to Kaikar France and one to uh, Jussier Formiga, who I was just informed, not me, it, I was informed by Instagram, uh, has been cut from the UFC. I think he was on a four-fight losing streak, older guy. Uh, great career, though, uh, one of the... Staples at 125 pound division, but they're getting some younger blood in there right now, which is great for the division. Uh, Moreno, I only think he has a couple of finishes by knockout or TKO, but the man's got 10 submission victories and has never been finished in a fight. So this could be what we call a barn burner. Royville, on the other hand, Young guy, made his UFC debut in, in May of this year, which was a win versus Tim Elliott. Uh, he is coming off that win uh, of him, and then he fought uh, Kai Kaikara France back in June, I want to say. Subbed him in the second round. Kai Kaikara France, if you don't know, friend of Max Blessed Holloway, 
who I have some news about him we'll talk about later. Friend of Max Holloway. Very, very exciting up-and-comer. So to, so to have a win over a guy like that, especially this young in your UFC career, is um, pretty exciting. The man, a man, the man has also... Man, I sound like Porky Pig there. <laughs> I couldn't get out my words. But the man has also uh, never been finished. So it could be look, we could be looking at a really exciting fight. And has eight submission victories, so maybe if it goes to the ground, we should we should probably see some exciting jujitsu exchanges there. Should be exciting for all y'all jujitsu lovers out there. Uh, but should be a fun fight. I am going to take Brandon Morano via. Let's see. TKO in the third round. I think his experience might be a little too much for Royville this early on. Royville, a tough guy, has never, like I said, has never been finished. I think this is going to be his time to be finished. And if Morano wins this fight, he's the number two guy in the world. I, I know rankings really don't matter. I don't know what Alex Perez's ranking is. I don't. He's probably not the number one guy in the world, but I think Morano gets the title shot after this. After he finishes a. Uh, Brandon Royville via TKO in the second, third round, excuse me, third round. That'll bring us to a rematch between Paul Craig and Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, right now, contender series, uh, a gentleman named Lutz and a gentleman with the last name of Blackage. I want to say I don't know. I'm not listening to them. I'm just watching them. Uh, we're at 303, 302, 301, three minutes in the first round. If you guys are still wanting to sync this up, I don't know if I didn't get too much feedback on that. So if you guys are enjoying this, let me please let me know. If you're not enjoying this, hey, we'll change up we'll change up the format. Don't worry, I'm flexible. Don't worry. Anyway, Shogun Hua versus Paul Craig. Hua, who I was very interested to see is 5-1-1 one, one in his last seven fights. His only loss in the last few years is to Anthony Smith and then this uh, last fight, not his last fight, the fight before his last fight versus Paul Craig, which ended in a draw, which is why we're getting this rematch. Um, He's been fighting for a long time man that is the only thing i'm worried about with shogun i want to say i think he's only 38 years old too he's been he's been a professional fighter since 2002 and he's only 38 years old the man's been fighting it feels like he's been fighting it feels like the man should be like in his 50s doesn't it that's the that's the one thing that's so crazy about the sport is just it's grown so quickly like all these older guys are really not that old. Like the guy, guys like Chuck Liddell, guys like Tito Ortiz, Shogun Hua, um, Fabricio Verdum, guys like that. Like Verdum, I think is only like forty-two, which is old in the fight game, but it's not old. And this guy just got hit in the balls for a second time in the last forty-five seconds. Oh Jesus! Lutz is in a lot of pain. That's not fun. Yeah, he's going to need a little more than 30 seconds to, to recover from this one. That's never fun. I don't know if y'all have trained before. If you have... Oh, that's right on the right on the cup there. If you have, you've been kicked in the balls. It don't feel good. It doesn't matter if you got a cup on. That hurts bad. And I don't know if that first show in that first one, I don't know if that first one landed. It might have grazed it, but if you get hit a second time, it's all over. You're done training for the day, in my opinion. I'm done training for the day when I get hit with a second one. No thank you. I hate, I hate, hate, hate getting hit in the balls. I don't think anyone likes it, except for weird people, obviously. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, something I was surprised to read about Shogun, that's the one thing I love about the Sherdog page. I don't, like I said, I, I don't know how accurate it is. I'm pretty sure it's pretty accurate. Um, but one thing I was interested to see about him, a Brazilian who's been fighting for 18 years professionally has one submission victory. 
How crazy is that? I just thought that was nuts. I know he's more of a stand-up guy, but, uh, you know, you'd think a Brazilian dude would have more than one submission victory. I don't know about y'all, especially an old-school Brazilian guy. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, Paul Craig, on the other hand, coming off a first-round submission victory versus... I spelled this name out. I I almost didn't write it down. I almost just said, hey, he was just coming off a first-round sub win. But some of y'all were going to be like, Josh, who'd he beat? I've been like, fucking figure it out. So I'll tell you, I do not know how to pronounce this name. I know I am the king of mispronunciations. And I'm sure this name is a lot easier to pronounce than I'm going to make this. But his name has like almost 20 letters in it. Let's see if I can pronounce this. Godzimerd Antigulov. Antigulov. Oh, it's Antigulov. I remember hearing that. But it's G-A-D-Z-H-I-M-U-R-A-D. I have no idea what... That is what the pronunciation of that is. No idea. Anyway, submitted him. First round. Looked great in his last fight. 2-0-1 in his last three. Uh, Obviously that... (coughs) Excuse me. Um, What do you call it? Draw to uh, Shogun Hu. We talked about that already. Something I didn't know. 100% finish rate. 12 submissions. 12... 12 submissions. That is insane. One knockout, 12 submissions. Another crazy thing. He is only lost by getting submitted or knocked out. And that is not something you see every day, folks. Only, I think I, the guy's only thir- 14 and, I think 13 and 2, 13 and like 4. But still, he's been knocked out like three times, which is never good in someone's career that's this young. I know Paul Craig's not super, super young. I think he's 33, 34, but never fun to see. I'm going to predict this fight, and I'm going to predict this fight accurately, and I'm going to predict this fight like a professional. I lied to you. Anyway, I think Shogun wins this fight, and I think he wins this fight via decision. And I think he tries to make another run at that light heavyweight title. I don't know if that works. Um, wait, he's not fighting. He's fighting a 185. What am I doing? I think he tries to make another run. No, he is fighting a light heavyweight. He fought Anthony Smith. He's always fought a light heavyweight. I have no idea what I'm talking about. This is fantastic. But I think he tries to make another run of that title at one at 205. I don't know how that's going to work for him. I don't think he's ranked at the moment. I think he lost his rank after he fought Anthony Smith. Then he went to that draw with Paul Craig. He just kind of had a standstill there for a little while. But should be an interesting, should be a very fun fight for the fans. It's always fun to watch Shogun fight. I don't care how old he is. Should, should be a good fight. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. That brings us to Caitlin Chukagian versus Cynthia Calvillo. And this fight is the fight I am most excited for on the card. Other than the two title fights. It's a very, very interesting fight. Chukagian just fought a month ago to the date of the re- recording of this podcast. October 17th, 2020. That is the last time she fought. She fought Jessica Andrade. Obviously lost. She got hit with that weird right hook to the body. She was losing the fight up until that point. It was in the first round where she got finished. But I had never seen anyone really react to a body shot the way she did. She like grabbed her side. And you know, like normally, if you get hit to the like like a liver shot or any sort of like body shot, it'll put you down. It doesn't make you grab it and run away the way she did. She grabbed it, like went fuck, fuck, and like ran all the way to the other side of the octagon where she ended up being finished. But the, it was just the weirdest way. To, I thought her she might have had like a broken rib or so like something was really wrong, but apparently not. She's ready to go a month after her last fight, so. It's going to be interesting to see. Only has three finishes in her entire career. It's not super important when you see, you know, the flyweight division other than Valentina Shevchenko. Really the only girl finishing fights. Um, You know, at least with knockouts. Submissions you see a lot. As you do with Cynthia Calvillo, who is 6-1-1 in the UFC. She got signed to the UFC with just four fights, which is 
insane. Worth maybe three three fights. Yeah, so she is nine and one, one and one. Yeah, three fights. She got signed to the UFC, coming off that super impressive win versus Jessica I in June. If you guys didn't see that, it was an absolute demolishing victory for Cynthia Calvillo. Oh, Lutz right here is trying to get a guillotine on Blackage, and he looks like he's got it. That's under the chin. He's on top of him right now. Blackage, oh, he's got the ch He's good. He's good now. He's got to get that arm back. That was really close to being finished. He's looking for it again now. He's not going to get it. Blackage is looking for a single leg. Yeah, all right. They're back standing again. Anyway, um, what was I saying? But just an absolute de demolishing of the number one contender. And uh, a win versus Chukagian could put her in that number one contender spot after Jennifer Maya, Jennifer Maya and uh, Shevchenko do their thing this weekend. So this is a very, very, very pivotal fight in the career of Cynthia Calvillo. A girl who's missed weight a lot, moved to 125. I want to say she was fighting at 115. I don't think she was. But she's missed weight a lot. I think she's got that figured out now. She's moved out to Las Vegas, training at the Performance Institute a lot, training with Extreme Couture. There's a lot of good fighters over there. And uh, Calvillo never been finished at all. Obviously, Chikagian's been finished. But uh, another fighter on this card that has never been finished. So that's interesting. It's gonna you're gonna see that as a common theme on this card. There's a lot of guys that have guys and girls that have not been finished, which is absolutely crazy, especially even by submission. Because every once in a while, you know, even on the regional circuit, if you're a better stand-up fighter than, than the guy you're fighting, they could be a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Everyone's a fucking black belt in jiu-jitsu, it seems these days, at least in the MMA world. So to not be finished is uh is something, especially fighting in the UFC as long as Calvillo has. I am going to take uh, Cynthia, Cal Cynthia Calvillo in this fight. I think she's going to be too much in all aspects. Uh, if Chukagin can keep this fight standing, I think that's where she's going to have the much bigger advantage. She's got that long reach. She uses those uh, those kicks a lot to keep her opponents at bay. So I think she uses a lot of teeps, a lot of low leg kicks. Sorry, I got a notification. Former Bellator champion Michael Chandler... Says there's no chance he will fight Tony Ferguson in December. Oh, well, that's sad. I was hoping that fight was gonna come to fruition. He says he looks for it for 2021 though. So hey, hopefully that's something that happens. Anyway, but you see, probably see her a lot. Use a lot of teeps, a lot of leg kicks. She likes to throw uh, uh, front kicks to the you know to the head a lot. So you'll probably see a lot of that. But if Cynthia Calvillo can close that distance, I think it's gonna be a big problem for Jukagian, and that's why I have her winning this fight. Via submission in the second round. That'll bring us to the feature spot here on the pay-per-view card. A very not exciting fight. But a very interesting fight. And that fight is Tim Means versus Mike Plat Platinum Mike Perry. Tim Means. 2-2 two two in his last four fights. Been fighting in the UFC since 2014. Been fighting overall in his career since 2004. So almost as long as Shogun. Two years younger than Shogun. So I guess that makes sense. 10-7 uh, and seven overall record in the UFC. And I want to say... I was watching a fight. Between, I can't remember who he was fighting. It was on the... Um, Nate... I was, was it the Nate Diaz Connor 2 card? But he finished that fight, and they were saying that he's had the same coach in Albuquerque since he was 16 years old. Um, I can't. What gym was he? I can't remember what gym he's fighting out of. It's not Jackson Wink, though. But just the, a consummate veteran in the sport, and not just in the sport, but in the UFC. I mean, 17 UFC fights is insane. 17. Think about that. I don't even think Perry... I think Perry's got like 17 fights. This is the first time we're really going to see Perry versus this much of a veteran, except for when he fought Cowboy, which is a, in a different situation. But, yeah, I think this is the first time we're going to see a 
This, this, now that I think this is the first time we're going to see Perry versus the crafty veteran like Tim means. Perry, 2-2 two and two in his last four fights. 11 of his 14 wins coming by knockout. He hasn't knocked anybody out since 2017 or 18. I think Ellenberger was his last fight that he uh, got a knockout in. A couple big wins for him, though. Uh, beat Paul Felder at 170. Your boy was there for that fight. Not Eric Anders, but me. Um, Alex Oliveira has beat, beat Jake Ellenberger, like we just mentioned. And um, he will also be cornered again by his pregnant girlfriend and nobody else. Unfortunately, him and uh, Darren Till could not come to terms with coaching agreements. <laughs> But uh, so that would that would have been fun to see, to see him and uh, Till get in there, Till cornering him. But uh, yeah, we'll see him and his uh, his girl. I mean, she's one and zero as a corner man for him, so why not? It can't hurt, I guess. And apparently, I I heard that he is like twenty four pounds overweight, and that was last week. And I saw him on his Instagram stories the other day. Uh, eating that something that was not what I would call healthy and drinking. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he may, he's never missed weight. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't know what his coaching has been like. I'm get, I'm, I'm not, I'm hoping he hasn't had his fucking pregnant girl hold pads for him. <laughs> I'm hoping he's had proper coaching and he, she's just in his corner for support. Cause he does, cause maybe he, maybe he does do better. When people aren't telling him what to do, maybe he does just need ice on his back and tell him that he's doing a good job. Who fucking knows? Um, should be an interesting fight. I don't know who I picked. Who did I pick in this fight? Picked Tim Means in this fight via decision. I want to say the only way Perry gets it done is uh, a big knockout early in the fight. I th if this fight goes longer, I think Tim Means pits, picks him apart, puts puts him against the cage, kind of wears him down. You know, hits him with a couple of head kicks, maybe, like uh, Jeff Neal did to him. But should be an interesting fight. You never will know what's going to happen. Mike Perry's a interesting guy, so he could defy, defy all expectations. And with that, that will bring us to the co-main event of the evening. This fight right here is already in the third round. Uh, not a lot of exciting stuff going on. Only thing I really saw was uh, that guillotine attempt that looked pretty tight. But uh, Lutz is definitely winning the fight. Not in any exciting way, but he's winning the fight. Good for him. Had a lot of top control. Every, every time I've looked up at the screen, he's uh, he's been in a very dominant position. So good for that guy. He's already fought on the contender series is what they were saying. So hopefully he gets that contract. Very, very dominating uh, win for him. Anyway... That'll bring us to the co-main event of the evening. Jennifer Maya versus Valentina Shevchenko. Maya, if y'all didn't know, is 3-2 uh, and two in the UFC. I thought she was more of a newcomer. I hadn't heard of her until she had fought um, in her last fight versus uh, Joanne Calderwood. 1-1 one and one in her last two. Uh, that loss was uh, to Caitlin Chukagian. Decision loss, so nothing crazy. 18-6 overall uh, record, been pro since 2009, so she's been doing this for a while, guys. Uh, trains out of Shootabox in Brazil. If y'all know don't know what Shootabox is, then are you really an, an MMA fan? Come on. Figure it out. I'm just kidding. But uh, trains out of Shootabox in Brazil. Her uh, boyfriend is her head trainer over there. Uh, if y'all don't know about Shootabox... Uh, Rafael Cordero is one of the original guys over there. Had guys like Shogun, uh, Vanderlei Silva, just got guys like that. Brazilian legends, uh, the old Brazilian legends, all of them came from shoot to box in Brazil. So obviously her lineage is very, very credible. Uh, looked great against Joanne Calderwood. That being said, I just got I just for with Valentina I never say oh you know she's four and zero in her last four blah 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 like I do with a lot of these other guys. Because a, a lot of you might not know, but things about Valentina Shevchenko are much different. She's had she's lost to two people in her entire career. To Amanda Nunes twice. By decision, the second fight I thought she won, by the way. And then she lost to Liz Carmouche in 2010. 
She had her first professional fight April 21st, 2003. Valentina Shevchenko is 32 years old. I did some math on a calculator because I'm dumb. She was 15 years old when she had that first fight. Won that fight. Won it. Insane. The girl, the woman has lost to two people in MMA at least. I don't know about her her Muay Thai record. She has lost to two individuals, two two different people. That is all. In 17 years, inside of a cage, inside of a mixed martial arts competition, in 17 years, think about that. Insane. One of those girls fought at 135 pounds, fought for a title, looked good, looked good against Ronda Rousey until she got flipped on her head after trying to get that rear naked choke in. And the other is the greatest woman's fighter of all time in Amanda Nunes. In a weight class where she really didn't belong. This will be her fourth title defense. Um, she's had two finishes in title defenses. Um, one knockout, one crazy knockout. If you guys have not seen her knockout of Jessica I, oh my god. That is one of the most brutal head kicks you will ever you will ever see inside of the UFC, inside of any any woman's fight, any men's fight. That is one of the most brutal head kicks you'll ever see. And then uh, just her dismantling of Kate and Chukagian in her last time out. Shevchenko is probably the best pure Muay Thai striker, not striker. Best pure Muay Thai striker we have ever seen, uh, the UFC has ever seen. Um, there's that gentleman who fought um, what who he fought? Abdul Razak Al Hassan. I uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he fought him, not Chaos Williams, but the fight before that I talked about in my last episode with that guy. We'll see what happens with him. He's the, like I said, he was a head coach at Tiger Muay Thai. His Muay Thai was pretty good, but Valentina's is perfect for MMA. Cause it's she's not she's not sitting there marching like you see a lot of Muay Thai guys doing. She's not, you know, up on that front foot, but she's very light on her feet. She's all she's she looks like a, a just a, a wound up rubber band ready to go at any time. That's that's exactly what she reminds me of. It's it, it, it's it's terrifying how good she is at striking. That being said, um, I am gonna take Valentina Shevchenko by a second round knockout. Yeah, it's going to be uh, not going to be good for old Jennifer Maya. And if you want to win some money, I'm sure she is a huge underdog. Bet like a couple hundred bucks on Jennifer Maya. Just in case she gets her down and subs her, I think that's the only way I see Jennifer Maya winning this fight. But uh, I, th- I think Shevchenko just takes her apart. I don't even think it's close. I don't think anyone in her division is close to her. Maybe, like I said, we see her fight Calvillo if she can get past Chukagian. But after Calvillo, who is there for her? There's nobody. Does she go back up to 135 and fight Amanda? We'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's main event time. Davison Figueroa versus Alex Perez. Perez is 28 years old and is 24-5 and five overall. A 24-5 and five record. Been fighting in the UFC since 2017. Six and one in the UFC. His only loss is to Joseph Benavidez, who is one of the greatest all of all time at 125 pounds. The greatest of all time. It's not named Davidson Figueroa and and Demetrius Johnson. It's it's Joseph Benavidez. Um, but Perez is just a really just complete mixed martial artist in every sense of the word. Uh, five knockouts, six submissions. He can he can do he can do it everywhere. Just he's he's what he's the future of the sport. He's the he's the type of fighter we're gonna see five, ten, fifteen years down the line. Just like it's like what's your specialty? They're like, what do you mean? What's my specialty? I can do everything. <laughs> um, 
trains really closely with Chito Vera. Just a all around bad badass mixed martial artist. That being said, Davidson Figueroa, nineteen and one, has never been finished. His only loss is a split decision to Juicier Formiga, who has just been cut. It's okay. It's all right. It's not freak out. You just got. It's okay. That's his only loss. 16 of his 19 victories are finishes. Nine knockouts, seven submissions, only three decisions. I have never seen a man at the 125-pound division with the speed in their hands. And every time he throws, every time he lands a punch, you think that his opponent's going out. I mean, what he did twice... Twice to Joe to Joseph Benavides is absolutely insane. No one does that to Joseph Benavides. I mean, people people have beaten Benavides, Benavides, but no one's ever just absolutely demolished him twice in a row. Not once, twice in a row. And I posted about this on my Instagram, but I think Figueroa is exactly what the 125 pound division needs because the only real criticisms they've had for uh, the 125 pound weight class for flyweight uh, at least for the men is there's just no finishes guys don't hit hard enough Figueroa hits hard man Figueroa hits so fucking hard and you're going to see this guy knock out a lot of a lot more guys and that's exactly what I think is going to happen in this fight I am taking Davidson Figueroa by third round knockout. Let me tell you guys. It's going to be a fucking exciting fight. It's going to be exciting. Y'all turn into the pay-per-view. Buy this fight. Before we leave here. All these fights were announced today. And I am so excited for every single one of these fights. Max Holloway. Calvin Cater. That'll be it's own fight night. I I'm 100% sure. That it's going to be the main event. That'll be January 16th. Uh, probably in Las Vegas. They haven't announced a location for that yet. Uh, Uriah Hall. Chris Weidman. That'll be uh, February 13th at UFC 258. That's an exciting fight. Uriah Hall coming off that win. Um, very A uh, few weeks back on Halloween. To, uh, versus uh, Anderson Silva. And Weidman uh, coming off a win as well. Looked great in his last fight. A big underdog in that last fight and came out and just demolished his opponent. Can't remember who he fought, but looked great. And then Macy Barber is back from her knee injury. It's been a little over a year since she, almost a year, I think. Ooh, who'd she, did she fight in that Connor card? So yeah, it's going to be over a year since um, the first time she, the last time she had fought. When she fought uh, Roxanne Montefiore, didn't win that fight, unfortunately, had that injury. Uh, but she will be taking on Alexa Grasso. And that fight will also be February 13th at UFC 258. Well, we did it, guys. That's all I got for y'all today. Uh, I'm going to continue to sit here and watch the Contender Series. I'm going to leave y'all be. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, wonderful night, wonderful afternoon, whatever time it may be. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have a good one. Bye.